Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now a bunch of news. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And if you've got any tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com or hit us up anywhere socially. But let's jump into it. This is a big one that has been going around for a couple of weeks now. Certainly ties into a lot of stuff that's happening with the SAG strike, the WGA strike, which we support unequivocally here on Mm -hmm. the podcast. But Marvel VFX workers are also potentially moving to unionize. Now, the current state of that is that IATSE says balloting will be conducted from August 21st through September 11th. Ballots will be counted on September 12th, at which point the Marvel VFX workers may move forward to unionize. The other little bit of info that frequent listeners of this podcast might know, but if you are new to the podcast, I will mention, is... There have been a lot of issues with Marvel VFX, particularly over the past couple of years. This came to a head very much so during Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, or rather the fallout from that, as Victoria Alonso either left or was fired from Marvel, depending on who you ask. She was the person in charge of VFX. There was a lot of back and forth about how VFX workers are being treated or not treated well over by Marvel in particular, though obviously it's an industry-wide problem. So that all said, that's the groundwork here. Uh, you're you're a union guy, Justin. How do you feel about this? Union man, I think it's great. I mean, you're saying there were a lot of problems. There are the exact kind of problems that union regulations would solve, where it's like you can't keep pushing people to work more without uh, reimbursing them sort of for the additional time, for the 18-hour day that you're trying to push them to because of a deadline that – that Marvel or Disney has put on them. It's not their fault that they need, they set their movie schedule two years ago and the VFX are crunched. Like you need to make sure you're taking care of your workers and making sure they're being compensated for all that extra work. Yeah. I'm curious to see how this falls out. I mean, being in media journalism, I've seen a lot of organizations unionize and I've seen, frankly, the companies take some rather harsh and terrible action in response to it because companies don't like it. Like, of course, they don't like it. Well, it means they're going to spend more money on their workers. Exactly, which they should be doing. Yeah. But they, in a very similar way, look at entertainment journalists, other journalists as disposable. There's always younger people coming up. Let's just grab them for cheaper and exploit them instead of the current people that we have. And I I worry that there might be something similar here because there's so many people who want to break into this industry. But it's also a very skilled craft and something that you can't replace very easily at the same time, I think. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, the, the technology is moving very quickly in this in this world. So I think there the companies that they rely on, like you sort of, it's not like you can just hire a 
upstart VFX company who have young people that want to do it, like you have to have a lot of money and access to technology to even be working at the level that these Marvel movies and TV shows need. So, and it's also a very public story. This has been in the news constantly amidst all these union fights. So I think they have a pretty good case. I imagine the, we'll see how the vote goes, but I bet it'll be a strong push to unionize from the workers and we'll see how that uh, translates at the end of the day. Yeah. And to be clear, I support it unequivocally. It just makes me worried about people and their jobs and livelihoods when these things happen, because these companies, as we're seeing right now in the SAG and WGA strike, they can be vicious about this stuff, like absolutely awful and disregarding of human life. So I hope it turns out well. They absolutely, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I hope it turns yeah. out well. They absolutely should do it. It ultimately will lead to a slowdown in Marvel potentially, but that's a good thing, you know? Like, Well, not necessarily, though. Like, it may be a slowdown, but it may also be like, okay, now we just have to pay these people. They can budget right. themselves a little bit differently, which I think is going to be coming down the pipeline anyway, based on all the changes that happened since the, um, the Netflix uh, realignment of the entire industry when it came to, hey, we need to turn a profit now. Um, this fantasy world that we've been living in, that you, the studios have been living in for so long, isn't actually reality. So um, the whole industry is realigning right now amidst these union movements. So and everyone's like, this is such a bad time to strike. But actually, in a time of great change, why don't we just make all the changes we need to make? And this is all speculation from here on out uh, on the union front. But the WGA and the AMPTP have been in talks for a little over a week now, I believe. And it seems like there's some progress being made uh, based on what I've heard um, from the so mm. all right well, well fingers crossed uh we support the unions we also hope that it ends swiftly because uh we want we want everybody to get back to work and do the things that they love so we'll see what happens good luck to the marvel vfx workers hope it all works out let's move on yeah. to something of equal weight uh, you might also know this. This is something that we talk about a lot here on the podcast. Loki sauce is coming out at McDonald's, or rather mm. it is already out. I got mine. I, I went to McDonald's. I got my Loki sauce. Did you get your Loki sauce, Justin? Of course. I've got a guy at my local McDonald's who's funneling all my Loki sauce to me. If you don't know what's going on here, Loki is coming out October 6th on Disney+. Plus. You probably know that part. What you may or may not know is that McDonald's plays a prominent role in the upcoming season of Loki. So McDonald's currently is doing a tie-in called As Seen on TV, where they push all of the TV and movies and other places we've seen McDonald's in pop culture, tying it in and leading up to Loki season two, where the new status quo of Sylvie, a.k.a. Lady Loki, a.k.a. whatever you want to call her, is she's now working at McDonald's, like a 1980s-style McDonald's. Uh, and so the tie-in here is they have a as-seen-on-TV meal. And along with it, they have sweet and sour sauce. It's branded Loki. I got to tell you, I was very disappointed it was not green. I wanted it to be a mm. green sauce, and it's not. Wow. I, here's the thing. If you're a non-Loki fan and you get your usual sweet and sour and you're like, what the? Green? I don't yeah. think so. I'm just a regular old sucker from eating McDonald's. I don't want this green sauce. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, to the sweet and sour is the trickiest of the sauces. So it makes a lot of oh, sense. There you go. What is it? What is it? What's That's what I said. It's hard yeah, to pin totally. down. It's a little mischievous. Is it sweet? <laughs> is it sour? What are you putting it on? Everything? 
Oh, my God. There was an interview at Fast Company with one of the EPs, Kevin Wright, where he talked about how they worked McDonald's into the second season. And the quote from him is, when we stayed in the view of the character, meaning Sylvie, this woman who went on the run as a child had been running through time, a fugitive of time, living apocalypses, never being able to relax or slow down. The novelty of walking into a 1980s McDonald's looked appealing. You play a little league game and go to McDonald's. You go to a kid's birthday party at McDonald's. Someone like Sylvie would never have experienced that and would be really taken with that. Wow. Beautiful quote from someone who's trying to appease a major fast food chain (laughs) while talking about the creative inspiration for his television program. I I feel like we talked about this before on the podcast. This whole McDonald's things, it makes me wince a little bit about the second season. Well, like this is the promotion and this is like the commercial side of it. So like maybe it's not as sort of like nakedly like we're all friends here in the promotion world. Marketing is good in the show. It's probably a little bit more of a of a thing and maybe played for the comedy of it or the reality of it, hopefully at least. Uh, But man, McDonald's is between the grimace stuff and now they're just Kidding when it comes to promoting their nonsense products. Oh, they're doing so great. Can I just stay on this for a second, though? I think what Please. bothers me about tying this into Loki is they did such a good job of the first season of making this very literally and figuratively out of time thing where it felt like mm. an artifact from somewhere else down to, granted, it's a Marvel thing, but they had, what was it, Rocks on Mart is the place that they go to. Right. To me, yep. it would have felt the same thing as like they go to Kmart or they go to Walmart and I'd be like, ah, it's product placement. Here, I wish it wasn't a McDonald's. I wish it was something else like that yeah. gestures to that and feels like that potentially, but isn't so blatantly producty. To your point, we haven't seen the season. Maybe it's a quick scene. Maybe it's nothing and they're just blowing it out into a big thing. But I don't know. It's it's the sort of thing that in the middle of something that I'm eagerly looking forward to or very interested to check out feels like something that might be a little bit distracting. distracting. Like you want, to, you want to go to like a McDoctor Dooms. Yes, exactly. Yes. Or a deeper ref, a McSlapsticks. Ooh. The um, famous clown uh, character from the 90s. Well, or like the DC universe, they go to Big Belly Burger, right? Like that same sort of right. thing, like an in-universe thing. That's what I want from it. Not... It, it makes me feel like, do you need the money, Loki, Disney? I mean, I know you do, well, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Watch how you ask that question. Uh, everyone is claiming poverty suddenly now, so it's hard to <laughs> say anyone is, like, above that. We need the money. But uh, from a, maybe, like, to be as charitable as possible to the show, like, maybe there's a real creative choice. Like, if you're, to, to take the quote from Kevin Wright, like, if you've been sort of washed up, you've been thrown through a storm, a time storm, and you wash up to a deserted island, you could call it a 1980s McDonald's a pretty deserted island in a lot of ways. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just like, oh, I don't want to be here, but I guess I live here now. Yeah. And it's a place out of, sort of out of time. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Pre-Play Place, they had multiple hamburger characters. One of them was a cop, one of them wasn't, you know? Like, lots mm. of stuff going on. It was a whole different world at that point. Wait, there was a hamburger cop? Yeah, there was uh, – so there's Mayor McCheese, there's the Hamburglar, and then there's also a cop. I forget what he, his name was, but it was definitely a cop who also has a hamburger head. Wow. Officer uh, McNuggets? Uh, sure, probably. you got to look <laughs> in the lore. you got to read the lore, man. <laughs> I have to? I have to look <laughs> in the lore? 
Between J.R. Tolkien's Mayor McCheese trilogy. Yeah, the the uh, never mind. I can't think of it. I was going to do a super <laughs> alien pun, and I couldn't think of anything. Lord of the Onion Rings. Is that oh, what you're... there we go. There <laughs> it is. All right, why don't we move on to another one? This I would normally say is rumory, but this seems pretty legit. Production Weekly, which is a, I don't know, would you categorize it as a trade paper? I, I'm not quite sure, but like it's from. I would say a little uh, tier down, a couple tiers down. Yeah, it's a couple of tiers down, but basically all they do is they list legit productions. Like they just put out the information, the log line, when they're kicking off production or pre-production um, or casting or whatever, and that's it. And the, they track that stuff. But it's all submitted by people who are in the industry. So even if the projects don't necessarily pan out, it's still something that is submitted by something. This is pretty weird. This is the most recent issue of Production Weekly. There were two listings. One was for Doctor Strange 3, and the other Mm -hmm. one was for Wiccan. Now, little asterisk on the Wiccan one. Wiccan is just a word. It doesn't necessarily That's a great point. Yes, it doesn't necessarily have to be tied to Wicked the character, who we assume is being played by Joe Locke in Agatha Coven of Chaos. Um, but it's possible they might be planning some sort of spinoff. The, the much weirder, the bigger one to me, is any sort of mention of Doctor Strange 3, which we haven't heard anything about officially at this point. Right. but it, So I agree that is strange. But isn't Doctor yeah. Strange sort of the Iron Man of the new phase? Yeah. So like... It's not completely unsurprising that this would be coming. And let me throw this out. When I first saw this, I was like, Doctor Strange 3 colon Wicked. Uh, or, or like, or Wiccans mm-hmm. in Doctor Strange 3, which actually does track to me creatively setting up our Young Avengers stuff that I feel like we're going to get to and, you know, being a next step forward. Not that the title of Doctor Strange 3 would be Wiccan. But I think it Wicked could easily be in there. Something Wicked this way comes. Exactly. It, I, I'm surprised about Doctor Strange. Well, I guess I'm not that surprised because money, right? Like of the Marvel movies that have come out recently, that was number two. Like it made over a billion dollars or close to a billion dollars. Yeah. Pizza so, Papa always gets paid. Exactly. Uh, very surprising considering that movie is – not aged well, and by not aged well, I mean when I saw it in the theaters, it was also not aging very well. <laughs> it was not aging well. <laughs> it was rotting in front of your eyes. Yeah, exactly. But it made a lot of money. Like you said, they're definitely still trying to position Benedict Cumberbatch as the center of this new phase, of this new era of Marvel. So it makes a lot of sense that they'd be working on something. I'm just curious what stage that's in, particularly with the strikes going on. There's no writers working on anything at this point so we'll see that's true though like you don't know what they had before maybe they had a draft of a script or an outline and you can start pre-production which the studios you know that as long as they're not using any writers that's within their you know they can do whatever they want they can you know get people and start moving things into place if they were moving forward well that's what marvel we've talked about this before a lot but does very heavily is they're doing that previous stuff they're setting up for the most part, and this ties back to the VFX they were talking about, uh, the action sequences are done. Like, they're not fully done, but they're, like, pretty locked in by the time you get to shooting stuff on set. It's mostly about getting everybody to a position, all, all your toys in the right place and everything. And then they can go back and change it later. But, yeah, like you're saying, they could have a rough script or a treatment or an outline or something like that. Started working on a bunch of stuff pre-production, and then it just 
this was the point where they needed to put it in production weekly. The Wicked thing, I think, could be the same sort of thing. Like, if it is actually a Marvel project, you could have Joe Locke signing on to play Wiccan in Agatha Coven of Chaos and be like, okay, and we're also going to put your your contract to lock you in for a Wiccan series or it's a Young Avengers-type series or something like that following up on it. Let me throw this out to you. In light of the medium success of Werewolf by Night, maybe it's a, a special for not this Halloween but next. It could be. The only thing that makes me hesitant about that is both Kevin Feige and Bob Iger have talked about pulling back on things a little bit. And to me, that means probably less series, less movies, probably less specials that haven't made as much of an impact as even like a six episode series does necessarily. Mm. I, I could see them doing something, something that is successful that Joe Locke is in is Heartstopper on Netflix, which is kind of isn't crushing it on Netflix, but for a certain younger demographic is killing it. Uh, So to lock him in and have something that is another teen focused gay romance featuring Jay Locke that potentially you get Hulkling and Wicked or something like that, that could be a lot of fun. That could be very interesting. Um, And if you start to work in all of these young Avengers characters that we've talked about a lot, who have previously shown up in various projects. You've obviously got, uh, you've got, uh, <laughs> you've got uh, America Chavez, you've got Kate Bishop, you've got, uh, what else do you got? Oh boy, a lot of young characters going on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My, just to be fully upfront, my daughter just ran in and chaos is ensuing on my side. Alex is vamping so hard. It's great. I can't believe I, I can't. Thank you very much. That was I should have been able to name more Young Avengers characters that they've introduced. Patriot. There we go. That's another one. Um, anyway, if you want to do that, I don't know why you would focus it on Wicked, but if that's a place where you want to bring in the rest of the Young Avenger characters, I think that would be great and fun. And uh, totally. I, I think that's something that we could definitely do, and I would like to yeah. see. I like Joe Locke. It would be a good time. Truth. Why don't we do one more theory before things go absolutely wild again? Rumor Patrol, this is a Rumor Patrol, is four or five in development. There is a book that's coming out next month, right on time, September 19th, Thor Love and Thunder, the official movie special. I know I've been going to my Barnes and Noble every week being like, for the past hey, year. Where's my Thor book? Yeah. Where's my Thor Love and Thunder official movie special book? I've been waiting. Uh, the internet went a little nuts about this. It was like, I saw so many tweets saying, uh-oh, based on this book, Taika Waititi is confirmed. They're in development on Thor 5. It's coming back. It's happening because of this book. Here's the actual quote from the book that I think it was Screen Rant uh, officially put up there. But the quote was from Taika Waititi where he says, what is left for him to do? What is left to do to him? It's got to be something that feels like it's carrying on the evolution of the character, but still in a very fun way and still giving him things to come up against that feel like they're building on the obstacles that he has to overcome. I don't think we could have a villain that's weaker than Hela. I feel like we have to step up from there and add a villain that's somehow more formidable. And so the internet took that and ran with that and we're like, this is Taika Waititi talking about Thor 5. He's developing Thor 5. The villain's going to be more formidable than Hela. I think we can safely say maybe somewhere out there they are developing a Thor 5. This is not an indication of it. I agree. The major thing I see here is that he's been at least thinking about the Thor character, like where mm-hmm. it could go from here. 
I definitely don't think that means that we're definitely going there. I, I feel like is, is Chris Hemsworth like trying to do this? Like that's your piece. Like he's, he said that he's up for it. If there's the right story, he liked working with Taika Waititi. He said that they felt like that maybe they went a little far with the last movie and it didn't quite work, but they all seemed game to do it. If the right idea came along. Uh, and I'm sure particularly given the state that Marvel is in right now, bringing back Chris Hemsworth, one of the few reliable stars that they have that bring people into and put their butts in seats. I think if they could figure out a way of doing it, they would do a Thor 5, would be my guess. If only there were a character who is also perhaps friendly with Thor, who is left on Earth sort of not doing much. Maybe there's a way to bring those two characters together. Uh, perhaps a guardian of the galaxy, a star, mm, lord of stars. Mm, mm. Maybe they could have an adventure together that would be a totally different thing. Yeah, that would be great. I'd be into that. Team up the Chris's together, the legendary star lord featuring Thor or Thor 5 featuring the legendary star lord. I'm, they could have a lot of fun with that. That would be a good Because that, I think, speaks to Taika Waititi's, like, this quote, at the very least, and goes to the strengths of, you know, both of these uh, mm-hmm. movie franchises, Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy. And, you know, James Gunn's a little busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. He can't do this. So you just pluck Star-Lord over, put him in. I, I love that pocket. idea. And I mean, they wouldn't do it this style, but there were all those Daryl shorts that Take Away TT did where it was like Thor was a roommate with Daryl. And then yeah. uh, Daryl was a roommate later on with the Grandmaster. Totally leads towards all this stuff. That's a great idea. A buddy comedy crossing space and all of the mythological realms. Hello. Hello. More like it. All right. Once again, if you've got tips or stories you want us to cover, you can email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. Support this show and all the shows we do at patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Marvel, Apple, Spotify, not Stitcher, because that's going away very shortly at the end of August. So please subscribe any other major platform. But at Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. You said Iron Lad, right? When you were uh, oh, listing Avengers. It.